WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Good Wednesday morning to you here at 6 o'clock. You're just in time for our very first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Coming your way here and now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM, AM 540, and the Radio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour infatuated with Columbine. Details in one minute. A Florida teacher's walk in. What is it? What do they want? Should they get it? We're talking about it next on Good Morning Orlando. School systems in the Denver, Colorado area are telling students to stay home today because of the threat posed by an 18-year-old Florida woman. Saul Paias is said to be fixated on the massacre that took 13 lives at Columbine High School in the Denver area 20 years ago this week. She has had an infatuation with Columbine and the perpetrators of Columbine. Um, she's made comments to that effect but she hasn't identified a specific threat to a specific school. Dean Phillips with the FBI in Denver says a massive manhunt is underway for Paias, who is believed to have traveled to Denver from Miami. She reportedly bought a shotgun and ammunition soon after arriving in Colorado. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Florida teachers sending a united message to lawmakers in Tallahassee today with a walk-in being held across the state. The message is loud and clear. Invest in public education, not school choice. Broward Teachers Union President Anna Fusco says teachers from Pensacola to Key West are walking into their assigned schools hoping their message doesn't fall on deaf ears. We can't keep getting lowballed every year where they keep taking away, taking away money and expecting us to find the resources to make this great education happen. The teachers want lawmakers to increase per-student funding by 10% or $743 per student. The Senate its budget falls short of that, calling for $350 per student. Wendy Grossman, Miami. They also want more money uh, in salary, and we're going to get into all aspects of the issues being raised in this morning's Florida statewide teacher walk-in. In a moment, Alan. But a bill to ban sanctuary cities in the Sunshine State has passed out of the House Judiciary Committee in Tallahassee. The measure now heads to the House floor for consideration. If passed, it would require local law enforcement agencies to cooperate with federal authorities that enforce immigration law. Following Monday's massive fire at the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, the president of France says he wants the church rebuilt within five years. As Emmanuel Macron pledges a rebuilding effort, Parisians are getting used to a changed skyline. The iconic Notre Dame Cathedral now lacking a roof and a spire. I thought it would always be there. It would be there before we were born and after we die. Sophie Lister was flying into Paris as the fire raged and saw the flames from the plane. It's like it's a link between the past and now and to see it in fire is something really shocking and Sad. People have been crowding onto sidewalks around the church to take a look at the damage for themselves. In Paris, Simon Owen, Fox News. Kawhi Leonard poured in a game-high 37 points as the Raptors routed the Magic 111-82 in Game 2 of their first-round playoff series in Toronto. Forward Aaron Gordon led the Magic with 20 points and says despite the loss, they're excited to head home with the series tied. We feed off the crowd, you know, we, we like that energy. And um, yeah, it's going to be a beautiful thing, and um, it's, it's nice to come up here and steal one, all in all, and go back to Orlando and have a chance to protect our home court. Game three, Friday night at the Amway Center. WFLA News time is 6.05. 
A teacher in Kentucky is fired after allegedly downing four vodka shots in class. Boy, you can't do anything anymore, can no, you? No, I just can't get away with anything. <laughs> the story is online at <laughs> WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. But heading around, Inspector Mike Yaffe, Melissa Fox, with you until 9 o'clock here on the 50,000-watt front porch. A host of hot topics, local, national, you name it. And, of course, you are always welcome to join the conversation. First conversation we need to have is, what in the world happened to the magic last night? Oops. Alan, I, I, you know, you got, we have to turn in real early to do yeah. this show, and I could only watch the beginning of the game. The Magic were like down eleven nothing, and I said, "Well, pretty clearly, this is not going to end well." But boy, what a complete wipeout! And then you've got in the NHL the the the, the Lightning. Yeah, they're gone. the The team with the best record in the NHL this season, by far the best record, and they tied. The league record for wins in a regular season with 62 this year. Yeah. They are swept in four games by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hey, Wes. I'm sorry, who? Yeah. Exactly. Well, now they know who over in Tampa. I got to tell you, and it's historic what happened here, isn't it? Yeah, that uh, hasn't happened in more than 50 years. In fact, since the NHL expanded from the original six teams, yeah. uh, they have not seen the uh, the team with the best record with the most points during the regular season fall in the first round of the playoffs. Shocking. Absolutely. The Magic, though, still still alive. Yaffe, don't give up hope on your Orlando Magic. They come back home <laughs> squared at 1-1. <laughs> we'll see. You never know in the NBA, right? Things can get turned around overnight, hopefully in our direction. So what is this teacher's walk-in that's going on, not at all schools and not in all counties, but in a great many within the sound of our voice this morning? Uh, and what exactly in detail do they want and should they get it? We're going to have that conversation here in a moment, so we hope you will be part of it. Your chance to make your wallet great again is on the way. Win $1,000 in our texting contest. Listen for the keyword of the hour, which we're about to announce. Text the keyword to 200-200. You could be winning $1,000. If you are the winner, you'll get a notification call from area code 513, so answer it. And listen throughout the day for the keyword to text to win $1,000 and make your wallet great again. And we're just two minutes away from an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. It's 6.08 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now as we continue to follow the Florida legislative session. Now in its final three weeks, state lawmakers are moving a bill forward that would raise the smoking age. The legislation passed by the House Appropriations Committee would change the minimum age to possess tobacco or vaping products from 18 to 21 in Florida, with the exception of those in the military who would be exempt from age restrictions. The measure would also set 21 as the minimum age for all smokable forms of medical marijuana. Stay with us for updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Once upon a time, Florida made history back in 1968 as 35,000 teachers walked off the job and went on strike. Teacher strikes are now illegal in the state of Florida. 
But a lot of teachers are not happy with the funding from the state legislature of public schools on a per-pupil basis, which is among the, the most meager in the nation, and they are not happy with their own pay. So they can't strike. That's illegal. So there can't be a walkout. So there's a walk-in. And uh, the reporting is this. Today, before school starts, for about a half an hour to 45 minutes, teachers will all walk onto the school campus and gather outside in protest of state funding for public schools and of their own paychecks. More than 300 schools in 41 counties joining the walk-in. We know that Brevard County is going to be active, but we don't see any of the other counties in Central Florida. And it is interesting because we have so many of you who listen who are in the teaching profession or have kids and grandkids or in the school system, and you know how unhappy teachers are, and in some cases justifiably so, by the conditions under which they work and what they have to put up with, you know, and, 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 and yet why do we not having these walk-ins in Central Florida? If anybody can explain that to us, we'd like to know. 407, uh, in the immediate Central Florida area, we have no news of any walk-ins here, with the exception of Brevard County and Melissa, I think also F- Flagler. Flagler? Yes. Yeah, a little bit up the coast. Mm-hmm. That's the one north as, of Volusia County. As for Lake or Polk or Orange yeah. or Seminole, nothing. Yeah, yeah. 407-916-5400. Teachers, uh, how come no walk-in where you are in Central Florida? Or if you are out on the coast and participating in the walk-in, I think we have you early enough right now that you could give us a call and your thoughts on the walk-in. I can tell you what the teachers' union is saying in this regard. The Florida Education Association, with about 140,000 union members, our public schools have been on a starvation diet for more than a decade, and you see the effect statewide in an unprecedented teacher shortage, in classroom crowding, in failing AC systems, and, uh, and aging facilities. Lawmakers must make a significant investment in our schools, our students, and our teachers and education staff professionals who work with and on behalf of those kids every day. We're calling for an increase of at least $743 per student, as Alan told you in the news, about 10% above what we have now, and it still will not lift Florida education spending to the national average. Um, Spending per pupil in this state is 42nd out of 50 states, and teacher pay, while it is up from what it once was, uh, is still like 45th, 46th in the entire country. If you're wondering what you can make as a public school teacher in the state of Florida, the average teacher pay 53000 or so per year. The range, though, depending on qualifications, from 46000 to 61000 and uh, not all that dissimilar in the Orlando area. Um, I've got to tell you, I think the best teachers will never make what they deserve to make. A great teacher can influence the future of this country far more than almost anyone in any other profession I can think of in a positive way. I mean, to me, in an ideal world, this is not going to happen in publicly funded education. The very best of the best are all making six figures because then you create a magnet you know, to bring people to say, well, you know what, I was going to go into this profession, that specialty, or whatever, uh, but I want to go and be a teacher. I can make enough money to do it, to live the way I want to live, and, uh, and then you would get the very best of the best. That, that, that's, that's budtopia. That's not going to happen. Um, Yaffe, it'll be interesting to see what comes down the pike today, and it's also interesting to note how many of these, of these school districts are not apparently engaging in the walk-in. 
Oh, yeah, we actually got a text that just came in right now. It says, this is the first I'm hearing about a walk-in. I'm guessing this is probably a teacher. It says, I wouldn't necessarily join in it because of money, but I would join it because of the conditions in the school. Now the emphasis in Tallahassee is, and, and, and this is a good thing, is in school choice, you know. And, the, and, of course, the public school teachers are thinking that, you know, money's being bled away from the public school system, but it's not an enormous percentage by what I'm seeing uh, in Tallahassee. But to give, you know, kids school choices and parents school choices uh, because you only have one chance to educate your kids, you shouldn't be stuck in a failing public school they can't seem to fix. Um, but honest to goodness, it's pathetic when you think of this dynamic state with 21 million people. Um, that were 45th, 46th in teacher pay, 42nd in what we spend per student. I mean, that's just not right. It's just not right. We need to do better than that. And money, I thought need, that money needs to be moved around so we do better than that. Yeah, I thought Ron DeSantis was going to work on that, but, I mean, he's got to go through the legislature as well. Um, we'll see what happens. He's too busy working on the voucher program. Well, that's where the emphasis is, because yeah. we do have to give parents and kids choices they have not had. This is not acceptable. You shouldn't have to move, and maybe you can't move, to go to some other place, you know, that, that you're kind of zip-coded in to where your kids go to school. you got to have choices. you only got one shot to raise little Susie or little Johnny. So I'm all for school choice, you know, but the vast majority of kids are going to go to public school. And, uh, and, and, and the people who teach them are so vitally important. We have to do better than we're doing here. We're blowing money on all kinds of other things not nearly as important, in my not-so-humble opinion. We'll get back into the walk-in and see how it played out this morning a little bit later in the show. Right now... Headlines and some good news for a good man out of the Tampa Bay area. Law enforcement officer there is getting some national recognition. Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Gualtieri has been named Sheriff of the Year by the National Sheriff's Association. The association says Gualtieri demonstrated exceptional service to the community, and one official praised him as one of the smartest, most dedicated, and honest people he has ever worked with. And, of course, Gualtieri, uh, as we've been reporting, his name comes up a lot here, headed the uh, the Parkland Commission in the wake of the massacre at the school in Broward County. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories throughout the morning on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Alan, you identified that news item on Sheriff Gualtieri. I didn't realize that he was uh, receiving the national accolades. I think he well deserves. I agree, bud. Yeah, that's just terrific. Good stuff. Thank you for that. Um, now, listen to this. On the border, a tough new ruling is being put into effect on immigration cases by Attorney General Bill Barr. Barr's directive, and this broke overnight, says that asylum seekers, listen closely here, gang, Asylum seekers who begin in expedited removal proceedings and then move to full removal proceedings should not, should not be released. Now, those are cases where the asylum seeker cannot see a judge right away. Now, before the bar decision, which is a complete reversal, of course, these people were released on bond while they would wait for a court date, and it was all a bad joke because they would disappear into our country illegally, you know, never to be found and would never show up. They would be gaming the system and their lawyers would be working with them to make it happen. Yaffe, it's good to see Bill Barr stepping up here. Now, this 
doesn't by any means stop the flow of illegals into this country, um, but, it's a, but it's a bold ruling here. You know, I didn't even know this was an option to be able to hold them indefinitely. Now, from what I understand, though, this does not include families, you know, with children, because the children have to be released. And that's the biggest problem. People yeah, they can only right be now. held for a very limited yeah. period of time. So, but it's mm-hmm. a step in the right direction. What this means, um, CNN is reporting, and I'm sure they're choking to death on this as much as they hate anything Trump wants to do or his people want to do, means the Department of Homeland Security alone will have the discretion to decide whether to release immigrants who crossed the border illegally and later claimed asylum. And this effectively blocks concerted efforts by immigration lawyers and immigration rights advocates to push for bond hearings for detained asylum seekers here. And um, basically, if you pass the initial asylum screening, you can now be indefinitely detained. I can tell you that the ACLU and other organizations will challenge this in court, but what is new? So, Yeah, I was going to say I heard this morning that the ACLU does plan to challenge this. So they'll, they'll, they'll find some kind of court that yep. probably supports that. By the way, um, Barr built in some slack here that the, uh, the ruling doesn't take effect until another 90 days, okay? After I make adjustments in the way things are done at the border. And um, all of this comes as the administration is deploying a range of strategies um, you know, to stop this overwhelming influx, um, particularly of families crossing the border and seeking asylum. We had... About 92,000 arrests of um, illegal immigrants for illegal entry on the southern border in the month of March. Um, that was only 37,000 a year ago. Overall, in March, there were more than 103,000 people apprehended along the border or encountered at a port of entry and deemed inadmissible because they're illegal. We'll continue to follow it, but that was a, uh, a major uh, border-related um, ruling that came in late last night. We wanted you to know. There's a lot we'd like you to know. And for that, we turn to my able co-host and good friend, Alan Spector, with news coming up at the bottom of the hour. Bud Tampa Bay's bridge killer is convicted, and Florida preschools don't measure up. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather together in just two minutes. It's 629 on Good Morning Orlando. Bottom of the hour right now, Alan Spector to get us all up to date. I'm eagerly awaiting the update on... uh, a story that was one of the most shocking and heartbreaking in recent years in the state of Florida. But at Clearwater, a man is found guilty of first-degree murder for throwing his five-year-old daughter off a bridge into Tampa Bay to her death in 2015. John Junshuk convicted of first-degree murder yesterday by a Pinellas County jury, and the judge immediately sentenced him to life in prison. Mr. Johnshuk, it's an automatic life sentence. I'm sure you know that on your conviction, so I will adjudicate you guilty of murder in the first degree. I'll sentence you to life in prison. Yes, sir. Defense lawyers had argued that Johnshuk was not guilty by reason of insanity. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. When it comes to preschools, Florida does not fare well in a new report from the National Institute for Early Education Research. It ranks first among the states in the percentage of four-year-olds enrolled, and it ranks near the bottom in how much money it puts behind each of, of those children in the program. And is at the bottom in terms of quality standards. Institute founder Stephen Barnett says Florida needs to spend the money needed to raise those preschool standards, including the requirements for teacher certification. An Orange County man now says he realizes it was wrong to bury his friend in his backyard. 
The body of 27-year-old Brandon Boone was found Sunday in the back of Greg Palermo's home near Universal Orlando Resort. Palermo told deputies he buried Boone after he died of a drug overdose two months ago because his friend had no family. Palermo has not been charged, but the investigation is ongoing. From telepests making thousands of robocalls a day to insurance scams targeting the elderly, it's no wonder Florida is home to 18 of the top 50 U.S. cities for fraud. Florida's chief financial officer, Jimmy Petronas, says Florida has a fraud epidemic. Florida ranks first in fraud reports in the nation. The Sunshine State ranks fourth in identity thefts. Petronas says to help stop fraud, if you've received a suspicious phone call or have been the victim, report it immediately. The top five Florida cities for fraud include Miami, Fort Lauderdale, number one, followed by the Pensacola metro areas. Tampa, St. Petersburg is number three. The Village is at number four. And the Orlando area, number five. John Conrad, Tampa. After one of the best seasons in NHL history, the Tampa Bay Lightning, their season is over. The Bolts losing at Columbus last night 7-3 and eliminated in a first-round sweep by the Blue Jackets. Lightning head coach John Cooper says they fell flat. Just couldn't find our game. That was it. You know, it had been with us all year, and for six days in April, we couldn't find it. And uh, it's unfortunate because blemish on what was uh, one hell of a regular season. Tampa Bay had tied the NHL record with 62 wins in the regular season. Bolts suffer power failure. Amazing story. Yep. WFLA News Time is 6.36. Be listening just after the top of the hour for your next chance to make your wallet great again. When we announce the keyword of the hour, text it to 200-200. You could win $1,000. Headlines out of Central Florida for you right now. A driver wanted for a deadly hit and run in Osceola County is in custody. 70-year-old Sadakot Jaweed of Celebration arrested yesterday after the crash on U.S. Highway 192. Troopers say he turned left into the path of a motorcycle and 32-year-old Luis Delval Rosado was killed after being thrown off his bike. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories for you here on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. You've been following this story about the protest by a bunch of linguini spined unpatriotic wimps left-wingers out in Laguna Beach, California. The cops repainted their patrol cars. The words police on the side are in big, bold letters, as they should be, but it's not just, you know, white on black or black on white or whatever. Um, All the letters are red, white, and blue, as though there's a background of the American flag. There's there's some stars, there, there's, some, there's some blue, there's some red, there's some white. And all of a sudden, you know, the libs went crazy out there saying that, oh, I don't know, I don't like the look of the logo because it, it, it's too aggressive. It just doesn't represent our whole population. Well, maybe they have a lot of people, probably a lot of illegals from a lot of other countries, but by God, they're in America now. And I, this is the red, white, and blue. You know, and, and, and cops are there to protect the law-abiding citizens or law-abiding people. I'm sure there were many who were not citizens there, being California. 
And, uh, and, and, and it was amazing. They said, you know, we have such a community, amazing community of artists here. And, 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 and the one said, I thought the aesthetic didn't really represent our community. I mean, it just feels very aggressive. When you look, you see the big letters, and it's red, white, and blue, and, and I don't know what's going to happen. It sounds like maybe a Trump thing, you know, and I, I don't know. I, I, to make America great again, it's very intimidating. We can't have that in our cop cars. And the city council's knees buckled. And they said, well, I guess we're going to take another look at this and decide whether or not we need to change the artwork on the cop cars. Well, the news came in from Southern California while I was sleeping, but I woke up to it, and here it is. The city council voted 4-1 to one to tell them to shove it and to keep the red, white, and blue police car logos by a vote of four to one and the people assembled burst into the national anthem now there's a story with a happy ending at least as i see it pretty good they didn't roll over and play dead yaffe this was one of those stories that i couldn't even believe was a story when it first came out they were saying that it was too aggressive and reminds them the fbi or something i was like yeah. What? what are you talking yeah. about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, folks folks thought it was a SWAT team, federal agents, one of the leftists said out there. <laughs> that a very striking, sense. strong impact, so much so that I think there, there, there might be some unintended consequences. This looks so aggressive. Well, I prepared a safe room for you so you can be okay. I understand <laughs> the trigger words are there. Seriously, <laughs> Bud, I think this is about immigrants being offended by our flag and, frankly, I'm not offended by their flag all over the place. Why should they be offended by the flag that they came here for? You that know? is definitely part of the story, Yeah, without question, given where this is occurring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't reported that way, but I bet... Yeah, but yeah, I saw the people twist. Really offended, yeah. yeah, I yeah. Think all, all of a sudden, they, the their, their, knees, <laughs> their knees buckled, but then they grew a spine on the city council yeah, in Laguna, really cool Laguna Beach. Pretty good stuff. Good stuff. You know, now there are those, though... And there was a Marine who said, you know, I'm, I'm not with the libs on this, but I don't like seeing uh, the red, white, and blue uh, of the flag portrayed in other ways. And, and we've, we've really kind of devolved into that in this country. There was a time when that would have been verboten. If you read the flag code, the U.S. flag code here, you know, you don't portray a flag this way, you know, in bits and pieces on the letters P-O-L-I-C-E, you know, but people, you know, dress in, 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 in uh, you know, pants and shirts that are depict the flag, et cetera. You know, I, I actually err on the side of, I just want to see any portrayal of the red, white, and blue. I'm okay with it. I know it doesn't follow form with the U.S. code and all of that. But by God, I think this is a great story, and I like the way this wound up. I want to see cop cars that look like that right here in Central Florida. Headlines for you right now. President Trump vetoing a bipartisan measure that called for an end to U.S. support for Saudi Arabia's war in Yemen. It's just the second time he's used his presidential veto power. In a statement, the president called the measure unnecessary because the U.S. military has not engaged in the Yemen war apart from some counterterrorism missions. Stay with us for updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. 
All the seats are taken on the 50,000-watt front porch for the sound judgment game we're about to play. If you still want to get in, wait for a wrong answer and quickly dial in at 407-916-5400. And they are all vying for this prize. Melissa? It is a four-pack of tickets today for the Florida Film Festival going on right now. It's the 28th annual one, Oscar-worthy films, 180 different types in just 10 days, and you can get more information at floridafilmfestival.com, or you can just win the four-pack by answering sound judgment correctly. There you go, and we're checking the calendar. We find it's April 17th, and it happens to mark the anniversary of a memorable night at the White House. A president invited country music superstar Johnny Cash to perform, and he rocked the place, playing his biggest hits, including a boy named Sue. I want you to listen to some sound of that song and then use your sound judgment to name the president who invited Johnny Cash to perform at the White House on an April 17th some years ago. Well, my daddy left home when I was three and he didn't leave much to Ma and me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left... He went and named me Sue. There you go. What president invited Johnny Cash to perform and sing songs like that at the White House on an April 17th some years ago? Line one, name the president. Ronald Reagan. Nope, not Reagan. Open line. Grab it. 407-916-5400. Line two, name the president. Uh, Richard Nixon. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. 1970. I am the president of I Want Johnny Cash to perform at the White House. He will be here. <laughs> and he was. <laughs> Congratulations. You've won the Florida Film Festival Prize this morning. Thanks. It's good stuff. What's your first name, my friend? Danny. Danny from? Apopka. Okay. And you haven't won in 30 days, right, Danny? You know the rules. I have not. All right, don't get me in trouble with the company, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> a couple months. All right, good deal. Danny, congratulations. Thanks for being a part of our show. It's great having you on the 50,000-watt front porch. Thanks, bud. All right, don't go away. You and Melissa will work things out for the tickets. Alan, would you have gotten that? I knew it. Did you? Yeah. All right. I thought so. You are Mr. Music. You were looking at me as you were playing the music, and I did mouth the word Nixon. I wasn't I sure what you were saying. I thought well, it was Carter. No, and I, I said Nixon. All right, okay, fair enough. Hey, before we get to you on the news, Mike, take a look, if you will, at the uh, text line reacting to the uh, decision to keep the red, white, and blue police car logos out in uh, the land of the loony left in Laguna Beach, California. Folks are reacting. Uh, yeah, one person said, uh, maybe the illegals are offended by the red, white, and blue flag as much as I am for having to press two to speak English. Another person says, so glad Laguna cops told those commies to shove it. So there you go. <laughs> commies. <laughs> and on and on it goes. Somebody off air on the phone complained to you, Melissa. <laughs> yeah, they said that the flag represents, at least to this gentleman, liberty and the police do not. <laughs> I want the right to go shoot up that convenience store or knock off that guy who's ticking me off and those cops getting away every time, interfering with my liberty. <laughs> Don't want to see no red, white, and blue on the side of that cop car. They're out there. <laughs> they are indeed. 
and all are welcome. Glad you're with us. My co-host, Alan Spector, now going to get us all up to date with the news. A young Florida woman considered armed and dangerous in Colorado. And how did the magic do last night? We'll tell you about it, and we'll bring you other stories, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes. It's 6.59 on Good Morning Orlando. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Wednesday at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here and now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM, AM 540, and the iHeart Radio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, a Colorado manhunt for a Florida woman. More in one minute. Bernie's Medicare for All plan scores on Fox. What do you think of it? We're talking next on Good Morning Orlando. The hunt is on in the Denver, Colorado area for a South Florida woman believed to be armed, dangerous, and infatuated with the Columbine High School massacre. It's believed that 18-year-old Saul Pais traveled from Miami, and Dean Phillips of the FBI says she managed to buy a weapon as soon as she arrived in Colorado. She obtained a pump-action shotgun and ammunition. She was then uh, taken to uh, an area where she uh, was last seen out towards the, the foothills. Um, and we have been trying to find her ever since. The FBI says Paez has threatened violence against Denver area schools, many of which are closed today. This Saturday marks 20 years since the shootings at Columbine that took 13 lives. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Not all Florida teachers, but many from Pensacola to Key West are holding walk-ins today, trying to get the attention of lawmakers in Tallahassee. Invest in public education, not school choice. That's the message from teachers who say they can't continue to provide quality educations without proper funding. Broward Teachers Union President Anna Fusco says Florida ranks 42nd in per-student spending, and that means... Teachers dig deep into their pockets every year to make sure things are taken care of. The teachers want lawmakers to increase per-student funding by 10% or $743 per student. The Senate's budget falls short of that, calling for $350 per student. Wendy Grossman, Miami. Talked about this in the 6 o'clock hour. The teachers also uh, want a pay hike, and we'll get back into it in the 8 o'clock hour, Alan. All right, bud. State lawmakers are moving a bill forward that would raise the smoking age. The legislation passed by the House Appropriations Committee would change the minimum wage to possess tobacco or vaping products from 18 to 21, with the exception of those in the military who would be exempt from age restrictions. The measure would also set 21 as the minimum for all smokable forms of medical marijuana. The people of Paris, France are in reflective mood as their president pledges to have Notre Dame Cathedral rebuilt within five years. People have been crowding along sidewalks close to Notre Dame looking at the destruction. We watched TV like till very late. I don't know, I felt like we needed to come today and see it for ourselves because it felt so unreal. Amandine Delapeau made a special trip having been stunned by images of the 800-year-old church on fire. And nobody destroyed it before, even Hitler. He didn't dare like... There's a mixture in the crowds of sadness at what's been lost and relief that no one was killed. In Paris, Simon Owen, Fox News. Huge vigil there, candlelight, music last night, very, very moving in the heart of Paris. 
The Magic will have to be satisfied with breaking even at Toronto, dropping Game 2 to the Raptors last night, 111-82. After the rout, Magic head coach Steve Clifford said they were outplayed by Toronto in all facets. They were good, and frankly, we were awful, in my opinion. They had something to do with it, but uh, that was not the team. We were not the team tonight uh, that we've been. The Raptors and the Magic tied at one win apiece with Game 3 at the Amway Center Friday night. WFLA News time is 7.06. A dog is discovered swimming nearly 130 miles off the coast of Thailand. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLAOrlando. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. How many miles, Alan? 130. Off the coast, the dog swimming. And how, it, how, do you, how do you explain that? Obviously, they can't swim that far. He must have gotten thrown off a boat or jumped off a boat. What do you think? You what know what? I'm going gonna, gonna to put this story in my Elsewhere file for after 7.30. Uh, that way we can all formulate our opinions accordingly. Yes. I mean, yeah. I'll try to book the dog on as a guest, and we can ask him if yeah. you would like. Yeah, would listen, you? you got the next crack at him because, you know, <laughs> I don't think we'll get him on this morning, but maybe for the drive home on PM Orlando, you can yeah. interview the yeah. dog. Do you yeah, think he was yeah, chasing we'll a ball named Wilson? I'm just going <laughs> to throw it out there. <laughs> Like the, uh, yeah. what, what was that, the Tom Hanks movie? Right? Castaway. Yeah, really cool. It keeps on showing up on cable, and I can't stop watching it when it's on. Um, anyway, great to have you with us here on the radio this morning. Um, until 9 o'clock, it's Good Morning Orlando. Your seat reserved on the 50,000-watt front porch. The Bud Man here, Alan, Yaffe, and, uh, and Melissa, a.k.a. The Fox. And we are talking about uh, Fox and the town hall with Bernie Sanders and his pitch on Medicare for All and the unbelievable audience reaction to it on Fox. And then we're going to ask you what you think of Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All health care plan, a replacement for the system we have now. Government-controlled, single-payer is what we're talking here. Bernie will make the pitch, and then we'll find out what you think. Coming up. Yeah, we have a money-for-all plan here. We want to make your wallet great again. We want to give you $1,000 in our texting contest. Listen for the keyword of the hour, which we will announce in seconds. Text that keyword to 200-200. You could be winning $1,000. Now, if you are a winner, you'll get a notification call from area code 513, so watch for that, and listen throughout the day for the keyword to text to win $1,000 and make your wallet great again. And we're just two minutes away from an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, 709 on Good Morning Orlando. Florida headlines for you right now. A bill to ban sanctuary cities in the Sunshine State has passed out of the House Judiciary Committee during the legislative session in Tallahassee. The measure now heads to the House floor for consideration. Now, if passed, it would require local law enforcement agencies to cooperate with federal authorities that enforce immigration law. Updates at least every 10 minutes in a Tom Stories all morning on Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Alexa to play News Radio 93.1 from iHeartRadio. Fox scored terrific ratings when they brought in Socialist Democrat Senator Bernie Sanders for a town hall during their signature newscast, Special Report with Brett Baer, 
and Martha McCallum, who follows at 7 with the story. They ran the town hall through the final half hour of Brett's show and the first half hour of Martha's show um, and, and buried CNN and MSNBC, which is really amazing. I think it was smart of Bernie Sanders to go there. Um, I really do. Uh, and, and I think it was good that Fox asked him. I don't think it's a sellout by Fox. You know, I mean, we, we, we talk about a lot of what the liberal agenda is here on the show, just so you'll understand, even though I look at things, you know, with conservative eyes, 99% of the time, you need to know what the other side is thinking and what the issues are that are out there. Yaffe, I think it was a good thing. And I have to tell you, Bernie Sanders is earnest. I think he's he's a disaster in terms of what he wants, but he believes what he believes, and I think he's a very, very honest man fundamentally. Well, I was just going to tell you, uh, Brian Kilmeade on Fox & Friends this morning said that now other candidates want to do the same thing on Fox News since Bernie Sanders has done it, which is really interesting. Yeah, Mayor Pete um, Buttigieg, uh, they're trying to book him for a Fox Town Hall, which is really quite interesting, isn't it? The openly gay mayor of, um, of, of South Bend, Indiana. That'll be interesting. But at any rate, to Bernie Sanders right now, and be ready to tell us whether you would support Medicare for all. We're going to have a polling question on that shortly. But listen to Sanders on the Fox Town Hall saying Medicare for all would mean higher taxes, but he says lower overall health costs. Healthcare is not free. You never heard me suggest that we're going to march. You just said it was going to be free for everyone. It's going to be free at the point of when you use it. Okay? And you go to. Why are you so shocked by this? Because someone's going to pay. Somebody is going to pay. Who are they? Now, listen to this Bernie Sanders on the Fox Town Hall saying Medicare for All would give us more healthcare choices than we have now. You'll go to any doctor that you want. You'll go to any hospital that you want. And by the way, millions of people today are in networks which prevent them from doing this. So this gives you freedom of choice with regard to the doctors you go to or the hospitals you go to. And he also said, you know, hey, think about it. Yeah, higher taxes with Medicare for all, but no health care premiums, no deductibles, no co-pays. You know, he did a pretty effective job of selling this left-wing government takeover of health care. Bernie Sanders, is he connects well you know, with people, whether you agree with him or not. And he's, he's totally earnest. This is what he believes is good for America. You'll be thinking about it here as we play one more sound cut and listen to this. After Sanders made his Medicare for All pitch, Fox's Brett Baer conducted a poll of the town hall audience, which he said was made up of a very diverse group of Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives, libertarians, and independents. Listen to the reaction. How many are willing to transition to what the senator says, a government-run system? Wow. Surprised by the positive reaction I was until I revisited some of the recent polling on this. This is a little scary where not just the left-wing wackos are on a government takeover of health care, in this case using a Medicare for All program to do it, um, One poll conducted by TheHill.com in October showed a majority of Republicans supporting single-payer health care. Another poll conducted in January showed that 56% of American voters supported such a health plan. Wow. Breathtaking. Our one-word texting poll for you, do you want Medicare for all to replace our current health care 
system. I can tell you one more thing. Estimates are it would have a $32 trillion 10-year price tag. Okay? Bernie doesn't want to talk about that. But you tell me. You've heard how Bernie says it's all going to be wonderful, and ultimately you'll have less in the way of health care costs, more choice. Yeah. Okay. Longer lines, wait times, rationed health care, uh, and, 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 and the sea of red ink that we are drowning in now would grow exponentially larger. At least that's how I see it. But I want to know what you think here. The question, the one-word texting poll, react to this now. Do you want Medicare for all to replace our current health care system? Text either yes or no to 23680. Text either yes, I want Medicare for all, or text no, I don't want Medicare for all to 23680. Long-form texters, welcome with more to say at 23680 on the phone, of course. We'd love to hear from you on Medicare for All. Is it what this country needs, or would it be a disaster? 407-916-5400, toll-free 866-916-5400. This headline on the border, breaking news overnight. For those of you just joining us, a new tough ruling being put into effect on immigration cases by Attorney General Bill Barr. Barr's new directive says that asylum seekers who begin in expedited removal proceedings and then move to full removal proceedings should not be released. Uh, Those are cases where the asylum seeker cannot see a judge right away. Now, before this decision by Barr, they were released on bond while they waited for their court date, and most never showed up and disappeared into our country, not to be seen again. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Alan Spector on Good Morning Orlando, along with the Bud Man, Yaffe and Melissa. And we have another one-word texting poll underway on the heels of Bernie Sanders' appearance at a Fox News town hall. Do you want Medicare for all to replace our current health care system? Text either yes or no to 23680. That's 23680. And we'll have the results coming up shortly. In the meantime, let's go to the phones. Clint in Orlando, good morning. And what do you think about Medicare for All? I think people need to need to look at history and see what government does. And when they provide for us, it always ends up costing more. You get less for it. And the big thing is, the more they provide for you, the more they control you. Let's cut government by 80 or 90 percent, and we'll all be a lot freer and better off. All right, Clint. Uh, short and sweet. We appreciate that. Let's go to Bertha right now in Deland. Bertha, Medicare for all. What about it? Yes. Good morning. Good Medicare morning. for all. I would suggest you need a three-hour show for Medicare for all. You don't have enough time to talk about it. Yeah, well, listen, you, will... you, you, you need to work things out with Glenn Beck, you know. He's not going to want to hear that <laughs> well, from me. I love me. Glenn Beck. Let go me ahead. tell you something. <laughs> I agree with what he said. Nothing is free. We Right now, we're covered 80%. By Medicare, we don't need that twenty percent of insurance cover. We can get rid of it because most people have a HMO. They can't go to the best of doctors. It's like being on welfare, and they're taking a hundred and thirty-five dollars out the seniors check. Your co-payment should be according to your income. Okay, nothing is free. Sliding scale. 
That's the only thing I would change to Bernie Sanders. When you are told that the price tag for Medicare for All nationwide is $32 trillion over 10 years, doesn't that give you pause, Bertha? No, it doesn't, because we waste money in other places and other countries. If you cover everybody 100% instead of 80%, yeah. and you have a sliding scale according to income for co-payments, and people can go wherever they wanted to go. Right now, you cannot do that. All right, Bertha, thank you. Appreciate you making the case. Can't give you full three hours, but appreciate the call. <laughs> Yaffe, you've been on the health care issue for years. Uh, yeah, one thing that's really interesting is when Bernie Sanders talks about you'll be able to go to any doctor. So he'll say you'll have a choice, but of course doctors won't have a choice then because they'll basically be ordered by the government to take all these patients. A lot of doctors, a lot of hospitals aren't going to like that because Medicare right now already has a problem because they don't reimburse the doctors and hospitals enough. A lot of these doctors don't want to take Medicare and Medicaid patients, and now we're going to expand that? It's ridiculous. Amazing how well it polls, though, and how well the audience reacted to Bernie, oh, uh, Melissa. You know, Brett Bear set himself up. I know he wasn't expecting that out, you know, that loud outpouring of approval. But, I mean, you got half of the room is Democrat. The other half, at least, was Bernie supporters. And, you know, this is... Well, an he Im said he had conservatives and Republicans sure. in the mix. It's an imaginary aspiration. All right, so bottom line, thing. I got 10 seconds for you. What about Medicare for all? What's the problem with it? <laughs> Who's going to pay for that? There you go. And what are the textures saying as the poll continues? Well, we got some folks uh, on the long-form line here at 23680. Uh, one person said, no, we will lose many doctors, surgeons, and our quality of care will go down. Medicare will not pay them enough. Got we, another one says government can't take care of their VAs, their veterans in the VA system. How are they going to possibly do this? Now, continue with the texting poll right now. We're going to total up the votes, and they are coming in. we got a tremendous number of people who are weighing in on the one-word texting poll, which, Alan, is... Do you want Medicare for all to replace our current health care system? Text either yes or no to 23680. That's 23680. Results coming up right after you get us up to date on the news. Florida gets a bad grade on a preschool report card, and the lightning are grounded. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather together, in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando at 730... While Alan gets us up to date on the news, hope you will join in on our one-word texting poll. The question, do you want Medicare for all to replace our current health care system? The Bernie Sanders plan. Text either yes or no to 23680. Heading the news at the bottom of the hour, um, the education of your kids and grandkids. Yeah, your very young kids and grandkids. Florida tops the nation in preschool enrollment, bud. However, a new report from the National Institute for Early Education Research finds the quality of our state's preschools near the bottom. What, what, what Florida needs to do is begin by raising its quality standards for the preschool program, uh, improving the requirements for teacher qualifications, uh, and, and that's going to take some dollars. And Institute founder Stephen Barnett says Floridians who don't have young children or young grandchildren are likely unaware of the state's preschool deficiencies. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. At Clearwater, the verdict is in... The matter of State of Florida versus John John Shop, case number 15 cf 
Murder in the first degree. May the jury find us false as the defendant in this case. The defendant is guilty of murder in the first degree as charged. So say we all sign a date for the jury. The Pinellas County jury convicting John Johnchuk, who both sides admit threw his five-year-old daughter Phoebe off a bridge into Tampa Bay to her death four years ago. His public defenders argued an insanity defense. The judge immediately sentenced John Chuck to life in prison. I'm glad the insanity defense didn't work here, but boy, that had death penalty written all over it in my book. But at least uh, at least we have a conviction. What a horrible story, Alan. A driver wanted for a deadly hit and run in Osceola County is in custody. 70-year-old Sadakat Jaweed of Celebration was arrested yesterday after the crash on U.S. Highway 192. The highway patrol says he turned left into the path of a motorcycle and 32-year-old Luis Del Val Rosado was killed after being thrown off his bike. In South Florida, a family says a funeral home gave them the wrong ashes. The family of a Boca Raton man believed an urn on their mantle contained the cremains of Robert Nero Sr. Six years after receiving the ashes, the man's widow and daughter say they learned ashes and a metal disc used to identify cremains bearing Nero's name were found in bushes near a West Palm Beach YMCA. They've hired a lawyer to get answers from the funeral home that handled Nero's final arrangements. The company says the ashes are that of the family's patriarch, but positive identification is nearly impossible. Rich Dennison, Fox News. They had one of the best regular seasons in NHL history, but the Tampa Bay Lightning are going home after the first round of the playoffs. They lost at Columbus last night 7-3 as the Blue Jackets completed a four-game sweep. Lightning head coach John Cooper says they couldn't turn it back on after cruising over the final month or so. When you have the amount of points we had, it's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse in a way because you don't play really any meaningful hockey for a long time. And then all of a sudden you got to amp it up and it's, uh, it's not an excuse, it's a reality. It's the first time in more than 50 years that an NHL team has been swept in the first round after leading the regular season in points. What a shocker that was. Else, mm. Elsewhere, yeah. elsewhere, I said, a dog is safe after being rescued 136 miles out from shore in the Gulf of Thailand. Oil rig workers spotted the pup struggling to keep its head above water last week. The dog swam up to the rig's equipment and workers kept her for two days until she boarded a vessel to Thailand. The rig workers gave the dog water and pieces of meat. Then they settled on a name, Boonrod, meaning he has done good karma and that helps him to survive. According to the Bangkok Post, Boonrod may have jumped or fallen off another vessel into the water. On Sunday, the dog was taken to the vet for a screening. He's doing well. And if he's not claimed by his owner, one of the rig workers is planning to adopt Boonrod. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. We all know dogs can swim, but I don't think very far. Yeah, we have no idea how long that dog uh, was able to keep its head above water. Melissa, it looks like you're going to cry when you no, hear this story. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, if you see the video, it's yeah, it's even more. makes you really emotional. Yeah, I was really? just telling Yappy, kids, animals, and old people, the rest of you all, but... Yeah, they get to me. Yeah, if you paint the word picture, what 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 is it about the video? Well, I mean, you actually see the dog right after it's been rescued. It's at the bottom of the oil derrick, and um, they um, they just see, it, and you can just tell it's been scared, it's been tired. Yeah, but it's, of, it, it's just this innocent, this innocent look. One, of the, one of the workers remarked on uh, Boonrod's sad eyes. I bet. Oh, those dog eyes. Mm. But yeah. but he's gonna be okay. He's gonna be okay. You know, you can see a lot of unique sights when you shop at a Walmart. 
But even customers at a Walmart in Tampa were likely surprised to find a huge alligator loitering at the store. Deputies were called to the Walmart to find a gator measuring eight and a half feet long. They had to call in a wildlife trapper to remove the giant reptile, and nobody was hurt. I bought a couple of alligator pool floats at Walmart, but never expected to encounter the real thing. How did this gator get past the greeter? That's what I don't know. (laughs) Well, you know. Where's the gator greeter? And by the way, where is he? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. You know, I thought we had another greeter here. (laughs) Suntan lotion is an aisle four. Anybody see Sam? And (laughs) believe it or not, guys, we have another Florida man story. Of course. And we're back in the Tampa Bay area where a search is underway for a man who robbed a Little League. The robbery took place over a week ago in Dunedin in Pinellas County when the man broke into the concession stand at Fisher Field and stole some cash. It's not clear how much money he took, but he caused about $4,000 in damage. And oh yeah, this is what makes it a true Florida man story. Uh, Here it is. He was naked. Yeah, he's no pockets to put that money. Any other state, he would have been fully clothed. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> well, it's too cold anywhere else, but here it's warm, so you got to get naked. Find these stories and more on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Just look for Elsewhere with Alan Spector. <laughs> she was amazing. I'm watching you guys in there while we're talking, furiously trying to total up the votes on the one-word texting poll. Alan, run that by everybody again, because you still have a chance to vote. Again, on the heels of Bernie Sanders' Fox News Town Hall, do you want Medicare for all to replace our current health care system? Text either yes or no to 23680. That's 23680. We're going to total up the votes here and uh, get a handle on all of that. So stay tuned. It's coming up and then rush with a morning update. So lots cooking here in this half hour of Good Morning Orlando. And of course, we are with you all the way until nine with hot topics one after the other for your consideration. We'll we'll fire it up and get back to it here in just two minutes right after an update on Orlando's news, weather and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM AM 540 and the iHeartRadio app. Headlines for you right now. Some current and former White House officials reportedly very anxious about the pending release of the Mueller report. Um, Those who cooperated with special counsel Robert Mueller reportedly worried that they may be exposed in Mueller's final report. The Justice Department is expected to release the redacted report tomorrow morning. I think we'll be talking about that on Thursday's show. Updates make that Friday. Updates uh, at least every 10 minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Texting line is burning up. Our one word texting poll Do you want Medicare for all to replace our current health care system? Text either yes or no to 23680. What do we got, Yaffe? Well, bud, if our audience was at Fox News that day, it would be a much different response to Bernie Sanders. Because, no cheering, huh? Yeah, we have uh, only 15 yeses to uh, Medicare for all. 266 no's. Wow. Holy smokes, wow. as my dad would say. Yeah, That's the highest count we've ever had on a one-word texting poll. Right. Yeah, it's up there. <laughs> no, so I mean, we, we are you kidding a, me? I That's mean, unbelievable. Yeah, it's way up there. Thank um, you guys for all your participation. <laughs> it's amazing. And we got some folks who had more than yes or no to say on the text line. 
Yeah, I've got one from Bob. He says, I've got a congenital heart defect. No way that I would enjoy or feel positive about going on this Medicare for all. I'm disabled. I'm 45 years old. I have no reason to go on Medicare because I have better insurance. My wife works at Disney. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, uh, we're getting some really great comments on Facebook. You can like us on Facebook at WFLA Orlando. Uh, Ginger said on Facebook, a really good comment said, I have two kids with disabilities. Just because you have a Medicaid card does not mean you'll have good health care. I'm on the phone every week for hours at a time for their therapy services and can't find doctors who take Medicaid for basics. Don't even get me started on trying to find a dentist who takes it. My friend has to take her son to Jacksonville every time he needs dental work. And we got one from, I believe it was Nancy. We She dropped off, but she called in. Um, and no, she dropped off the phone line and, and texted, she texted the following. And this is Very interesting, good. given her personal history. She said she comes from one of those countries that has the medical for everybody or whatever you want to call it. And no, you can't go to the doctor that you want to. And if you think that the lines are waiting are long now in the emergency room, you have no idea how long they're going to be if you get Medicare for all. We've got a lot of people from out of the country that are saying it's a bad idea. You know, that they, they're one guy from the U.K. says, no, don't do it. We have done a lot of one-word texting polls since we started this about a month ago, but we have never had the lines explode like they did in opposition to the Bernie Sanders Medicare for All plan. That is an enormous number. I mean, we have a far more, we have thousands of people to listen to us, but, you know, there's only a small percentage of people who ever will call or text a show like this. So you realize how many people are also out there beyond uh, the ones that we hear from uh, with strong feelings on an issue like this. Can I wrap with this last text I just got? said, yeah. I wish I could let you guys speak to my relatives in England and Ireland on health care for all. In several cases, they've had to raise money to pay for the needed care above that first level tier. Common practice. Mm-hmm. There we go. Headlining an important breaking news story overnight on the border, which we talked about at six and we'll get back into later in the show. A new ruling is being put into effect on immigration cases by Attorney General Bill Barr. Barr's new directive says that asylum seekers who begin in expedited removal proceedings and then move to full removal proceedings should not be released. These are cases where the asylum seeker cannot see a judge right away. Now, before Barr's decision, you know the drill. You know what happened. Uh, they were released on bond while they waited for their court date. Working with slick lawyers, they would just never show up and disappear into the country. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henniger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox. Thank you, Rush. Boy, I got to tell you, gang, still blowing me away. That Bernie Sanders may have snowed the Fox Town Hall audience with his Medicare for all pitch and the wonders of it all. But he did not snow our audience on the 50,000 watt front porch. That's why I say what is undeniably true now that I've been doing this for 17 years. We are talking to the smartest audience in talk radio. Alan, the numbers were amazing. Um, yes votes, 15 for Medicare for all to replace our current health care system, 266 no votes. Not exactly a cliffhanger. Not at all, but just the sheer number of total votes is amazing that we got that much action on the text line. Yeah, much more than we have ever had before. More one-word texting polls 
to come. Oh, stay with me into the next hour. I just got my eyes on this Pew Research poll about changing demographics in America and the 2020 election. Could be a big-time game changer. You need to hear this, and we'll get to it right after the news. A Colorado manhunt for a Florida woman. And the Magic are heading home. Are they up 2-0 or tied 1-1? We'll tell you next, along with traffic and weather together in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 7.59. WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando. WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando. And W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Thanks so much for joining us here on Good Morning Orlando at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic once again on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM, AM 540, and the iHeart Radio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour an infatuation with Columbine. More in one minute. A 2020 election game changer. We're talking about it next on Good Morning Orlando. School systems in the Denver, Colorado area are telling students to stay home today because of the threat posed by an 18-year-old Florida woman. Saul Paez is said to be fixated on the massacre that took 13 lives at Columbine High School in the Denver area 20 years ago this week. She has had an infatuation with Columbine and the perpetrators of Columbine. Um, she's made comments to that effect, but she hasn't identified a specific threat to a specific school. Dean Phillips with the FBI in Denver says a massive manhunt is underway for Pais, who's believed to have traveled to Denver from Miami. She reportedly bought a shotgun and ammunition soon after arriving in Colorado. You know, everybody's going to be on edge, particularly in Colorado with the 20th anniversary of what was kind of the original school massacre at yeah. Columbine. Just can't imagine what they're uh, feeling now. And you know, just a shame the idea that it's somebody out of Florida. And obviously authorities are taking these threats very seriously. As well they should. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A number of Florida teachers are sending a message to lawmakers in Tallahassee today with a walk-in being held across the state. The message is loud and clear. Invest in public education, not school choice. Broward Teachers Union President Anna Fusco says teachers from Pensacola to Key West are walking into their assigned schools hoping their message doesn't fall on deaf ears. We can't keep getting lowballed every year where they keep taking away, taking away money and expecting us to find the resources to make this great education happen. The teachers want lawmakers to increase per student funding by 10 percent or $743 per student. The Senate's budget falls short of that, calling for $350 per student. Wendy Grossman, Miami. Alan, this is a big topic in our 6 o'clock hour. We'll revisit it just after the 8.30 news update here. The teachers uh, want more than school funding increased. They want their own pay increased, and we'll discuss it. And Bud, overseas, following Monday's massive fire at the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, the president of France says he wants the church rebuilt within five years. As Emmanuel Macron pledges a rebuilding effort, Parisians are getting used to a changed skyline. The iconic Notre Dame Cathedral now lacking a roof and a spire. I thought it would always be there. It would be there before we were born and after we die. Sophie Lister was flying into Paris as the fire raged and saw the flames from the plane. It's like it's a link between the past and now and to see it in fire is something really shocking and, and sad. People have been crowding onto sidewalks around the church to take a look at the damage for themselves. 
In Paris, Simon Owen, Fox News. Kawhi Leonard poured in a game-high 37 points as the Raptors routed the Magic 111-82 in Game 2 of their first-round playoff series in Toronto last night. Forward Aaron Gordon led the Magic with 20 points and says despite the loss, they are excited to head home with the series tied one all. We feed off the crowd, you know, we, we like that energy. And um, yeah, it's going to be a beautiful thing, and um, it's, it's nice to come up here and steal one, all in all, and go back to Orlando and have a chance to protect our home court. And that'll start Friday night with Game 3 at the Amway Center. I only had time to watch the beginning, you know, uh, but when it was down, we were down 11-0 and doing nothing. Boy, but I had no idea we'd have a big-time blowout like that. But hey, still even. That's it. WFLA News Time is 8.06. Packages of Nabisco's Chewy Chips Ahoy are recalled over, quote, an unexpected solidified ingredient. Ooh, nasty. Yeah, they were either going to recall it or rename it Extra Chewy Chips Ahoy. I hope Yaffe's (laughs) listening because he was chowing down on a bag of those a while back. Mm, Chips (laughs) are taffy. What (laughs) is it? So I I actually have a box at my house right now. (laughs) I heard about this story on PM Orlando last night, so I I had to go home and check, literally. To make sure it was okay, and this my box is okay according to according you know, to, what it says. To what? Well, what? It, well, did, it, did you send it to the lab or what? <laughs> maybe <laughs> have the maybe. boys no, have the, the boys you, check it out. If you look at if you look at the actual story, they give you uh, yeah, a code, dates and codes, codes and oh, stuff. So I yeah. looked at that. But what did you say? An unidentified what in there? Solidified, Solidified ingredient. Yeah. What does Ooh. that mean? It's like soul and green, maybe? It's people? <laughs> no. I'll We're eating people! <laughs> it's people! Okay, that's an old Charlton Heston movie for folks who are wondering, what in the heck are they talking about? Anyway. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com, as if we haven't explored it enough right here. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. I want to focus on what could be a 2020 election game changer and a game changer for elections beyond. Stay tuned. You'll want to hear this, and it's coming right up. Your chance to make your wallet great again is also coming right up. Win $1,000 in our texting contest. Listen for the keyword of the hour to be announced in moments. Text that keyword to 200-200. You could be the winner of $1,000. If you are, you'll get a notification call from area code 513. Watch for that. Answer it. Listen throughout the day for the keyword to text to win $1,000 and make your wallet great again. And we're just two minutes away from an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. It's Good Morning Orlando, and it's 809. Florida headlines now. State lawmakers moving on a bill that would raise the smoking age. The legislation passed by the House Appropriations Committee in Tallahassee would change the minimum age to possess tobacco or vaping products from 18 to 21, with the exception of those in the military who would be exempt from age restrictions. The measure would also set 21 as the minimum age for all smokable forms of medical marijuana. Updates at least every 10 minutes and our top stories are promised to you on Good Morning Orlando. Listen to us anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Search WFLA Orlando. 
You're familiar with the Pew Research Center. They do all kinds of research study, exhaustive studies on changes and trends in America and the population and the demographics and whatever. And um, here is their latest headline, Pew Research. Hispanics to outpace black Americans as largest voting minority in 2020 for the first time. Um, Hispanic Americans are set to outpace black Americans as the largest voting minority group in the 2020 election. It's not happened before. There have been more Hispanics than blacks in the country since 2003, uh, but in terms of voters... This is now the trend established that there are more eligible Hispanic voters uh, than black voters. Um, Hispanic voters ticking up to a record 13.3% of the entire American electorate. Eligible black voters make up now 12.5% of the electorate. Uh, This translates into about 32 million Hispanics who will be eligible to vote in the 2020 election and about 30 million eligible black American voters. Uh, What about the white majority here? It isn't what it once was. If you go back to the year 2000, white voters made up 76.4% of the population. Now white voters make up only 66.7%, down almost 10 percentage points when Hispanics, black, and Asian have all increased. But Hispanics faster than anybody else to the point where they are now among voting blocs. Um, the biggest minority of all. And it's interesting on the research here, um, looking at the nation's legal immigration policy, admitting more than 1.2 million legal immigrants every year, the vast majority of which are low-skilled workers who compete for jobs against America's working and middle class. This is what the Trump message you know, resonated um, so well with uh, in, in the upper Midwest, in the old Democrat blue wall that he took down, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, etc. Interesting projection that by the year 2040, according to the Center for Immigration Studies, the current legal immigration levels will bring in about 15 million new foreign-born voters to the United States. And of those 15 million foreign-born voters added to the voter rolls, about 7 to 8 million will arrive through the process known as chain migration. Trump's trying to deal with this, too. This is whereby under our just ridiculous laws, uh, newly naturalized citizens can bring in an unlimited number of foreign relatives to the country. And you may say, Bud, man, you're blinding me and, and, and making me crazy with all of these numbers. What does it mean politically? Interesting research on this. Listen to me closely. Because here's where you're looking at a 2020 election game changer potentially and elections beyond because these changes in demographics are going to continue. And, of course, we have legal as well as illegal immigration. Here's what the research is showing. Democrats win about 90% of congressional districts that have foreign-born populations above the national average. That suggests any district with a foreign-born population larger than 14% has a 90% chance of electing a Democrat over a Republican. Now you know, beyond the legal immigration system, if it continues the way it is, being a huge advantage in terms of the way most of the voting goes for the Democrats over the Republicans, 
you'll understand even better why the Democrats are no help to the president in trying to stem the flow of illegals across the basically open border between us and Mexico. Listen to this. Ahead of 2020, nearly all Democrats vying for the Democrat presidential nomination have announced their support for not only amnesty for all of the, what is it, 11 to 22 million illegals in this country, but also for the continuing of the Washington, D.C.-imposed mass immigration policy that has stifled native-born Americans' wages and redistributed working and middle-class wealth to top earners. Really interesting there. Now, listen, this doesn't have to be um, a, a, a disaster in terms of, this does not have to render the Republican Party permanently a minority where they can't win elections. I mean, right now you've got a situation where Trump, with his policies, has created the most amazingly vibrant economy we have had in my lifetime. And everybody is benefiting. You know, a rising tide lifts all boats, it is said. And now you've got blacks and you've got Hispanics that have to say, you know what, I may not particularly care for a given policy of Trump or whatever, but by God, my situation is better than it has been. I've got work. There's record low unemployment among blacks and Hispanics. Wages are on the increase among blacks and Hispanics, as well as whites and everybody else. You know, there's a great story for the president to tell. And people vote with their wallets and pocketbooks more than they are influenced by any other issue. But this Pew Research, forgive me, um, study is very, very interesting because these are trends that are well-established in now and are going to continue and need to be considered, frankly, a little bit better than in general I have seen the Republican Party consider them. What are your thoughts on what I've shared with you? And this is just the tip of the iceberg and what's in the Pew Research Center study here. 407-916-5400. What's your reaction to it all? I'd love to tap into the wisdom of the smartest audience in talk radio. So I open the phone to you at 407-916-5400 and the text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. And of course, I want to get the gang, Alan, Yaffe, and Melissa in on this. Um, it really got my attention. I wanted to make time for it. And uh, so we have. What do you think? You're next right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines for you right now. President Trump vetoing a bipartisan measure that called for an end to U.S. support for Saudi Arabia's war in Yemen. It's just the second time he's used his veto power as president. In a statement, the president called the measure unnecessary because the U.S. military is not engaged in the Yemen war apart from some counterterrorism missions. Stay with us for updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories. Count on it on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. So when I ran you through some of what is in this exhaustive Pew Research Center study on changing trends in American demographics and politics with the headline that Hispanics have now outpaced black Americans as the largest uh, voting minority group in the country, and I said um, I, I feel like the Republican Party uh, needs to be doing more to be responsive to these trends than I am seeing them doing, and all of a sudden, a phone line lit up. And joining us right now is the chairwoman of the Seminole County Republican Party, Linda Trocine. Welcome to Good Morning Orlando, Linda. 
Thank you so much, Bed. Uh, Bud. Sorry about that. It's sure. good to be with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you're doing something in this regard up in Seminole County. We sure are. Um, uh, Abe Lopez is a new member of our group, and he has uh, started a chapter of the Republican National Hispanic Assembly in Seminole County, and they have a great, vibrant group. They're, uh, they're just rocking and rolling, and it's wonderful to see. It's interesting because for a long time, Seminole County was, you know, I mean, economically, I think may still be uh, the most prosperous county in, in, in the entire state. But I, it was also among the whitest here, except perhaps up in the panhandle. And, uh, and, and trends are changing and you're noticing them and you're addressing them from a political vantage point. Well, and actually, uh, Seminole County is one of the most representative counties of the demographics all across the United States. So we have about the same mix as everywhere else when you add up the whole country in aggregate. Well, that's changed a lot since I got here more than 30 years ago, and I've lived in Seminole County ever since, and it wasn't that way if you go back into the mid-'80s, but um, very, very interesting update there. What is your reaction to the Pew Research Center findings? Well, um, I'm not surprised, Um, and um, for us in the Republican Party, we embrace anyone and everyone who believes in the free market, who believes in protecting children, and, um, you know, believes in personal responsibility and wants to make America a greater place. Now, before you go, because time is a little tight here right now, Melissa indicated to me when she brought you on and posted your name on the screen um, that, that you're bringing a big hitter in the, uh, in the Trump campaign into Seminole County. Is that right? Yes. Thank you so much, Bud. We are having President Trump's 2020 campaign manager for dinner coming up in May 9th. Uh, this is a fundraising dinner, and to find out more, visit TrumpDayDinner.com, TrumpDayDinner.com. Excellent. Terrific. May 9th, right, Linda? Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Bud, for having me on. Really appreciate all you do for some Central Florida. Well, thank you, and um, I'll take that for the entire team here. Alan, uh, uh, Mike, and Melissa as well, and the whole team here at WFLA, and good morning, Orlando. Linda Trocine, the chairman of the Seminole County Republican Party. Have a great day, and thanks for coming on. You too. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Very nice. You know, one thing she said, though, that kind of concerns me. She talked about how Seminole County is kind of a microcosm of the nation in the demographics. Well, Seminole County recently voted in a Democrat in Stephanie Murphy in that district. So that kind of goes against or kind of shows what you were saying, that the more diverse the bigger chance that they're going to vote Democrat. Yeah, but Stephanie's not as radical as some of the things that have been going yeah, on. Yeah, she's definitely a moderate, but she's still a Democrat. Yeah, yeah. Interesting point raised there. Good morning, Orlando. We are glad you're with us here as we charge toward the 9 o'clock hour. Alan's going to get us up to date, beginning with just a horrible story you will well remember, and finally, a verdict. But over in Clearwater, a man is found guilty of first-degree murder for throwing his five-year-old daughter off a bridge into Tampa Bay to her death in 2015. The Pinellas County jury convicting John Johnchuk yesterday, and the judge immediately sentenced him to life in prison. Mr. Johnchuk, it's an automatic life sentence. I'm sure you know that on your conviction, so I will adjudicate you guilty of murder in the first degree. I'll sentence you to life in prison. Yes, sir. Defense lawyers had argued that Johnchuk was not guilty by reason of insanity. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. When it comes to preschools, Florida does not fare well in a new report from the National Institute for Early Education Research. It ranks first among the states in the percentage of four-year-olds enrolled, and it ranks near the bottom 
in how much money it puts behind each of, of those children in the program and is at the bottom in terms of quality standards. Institute founder Stephen Barnett says Florida needs to spend more money on raising those preschool standards, including the requirements for teacher certification. An Orange County man now says he realizes it was wrong to bury his friend in his backyard. The body of 27-year-old Brandon Boone was found Sunday in the back of Greg Palermo's home near Universal Orlando Resort. Palermo told deputies he buried Boone after he died of a drug overdose two months ago because his friend had no family. Palermo has not been charged, but the investigation is ongoing. From telepests making thousands of robocalls a day to insurance scams targeting the elderly, it's no wonder Florida is home to 18 of the top U.S. cities or top 50 U.S. cities for fraud. Florida's chief financial officer, Jimmy Petronas, says Florida has a fraud epidemic. Florida ranks first in fraud reports in the nation. The Sunshine State ranks fourth in identity thefts. Petronas says to help stop fraud, if you've received a suspicious phone call or have been the victim, report it immediately. The top five Florida cities for fraud include Miami, Fort Lauderdale, number one, followed by the Pensacola metro areas. Tampa, St. Petersburg is number three. The Village is at number four. And the Orlando area, number five. John Conrad, Tampa. After one of the best seasons in NHL history, the Tampa Bay's Lightning's uh, season is over. The Bolts losing at Columbus last night, 7-3, eliminated in a first-round sweep by the Blue Jackets. Lightning head coach John Cooper says they just fell flat. Just couldn't find our game. That was it. You know, it had been with us all year, and for six days in April, we couldn't find it. And uh, it's unfortunate because blemish on what was uh, one hell of a regular season. I guess it's not like the coach could do anything about that. Nope. Tampa Bay had tied the NHL record with 62 wins in the regular season. And elsewhere... In the middle of the night, I go walking in my sleep, through the valley of fear, Well, I don't know if Billy Joel's been visiting the River of Dreams lately, but I do know he's been down by the bay. The piano man is helping to clean the beaches in his town. According to the New York Post, Joel turned up on the beach in Oyster Bay early Saturday morning to pitch in. Town supervisor Joseph Saladino said the weather was not ideal, but Billy was gracious to everyone. Joel showed up a day after playing Madison Square Garden, where he was joined on stage by Tony Bennett. Yeah, that'll be a little nippy in Oyster Bay, New York, I think. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. I like that. He was there. You know, it seems that almost every day we hear about an extra lucky lottery winner. And today is no exception, bud. A North Carolina man says he almost lost his winning lottery ticket to a gust of wind. John Hepburn told North Carolina lottery officials that he typically puts his lottery tickets in his car door and sometimes they get blown out by the wind. That's exactly what happened to the tickets he bought for a drawing last week. One of those tickets happened to be worth nearly a half million dollars. Oh, wow. Apparently, John was able to recover the ticket because he says he plans to use the cash to pay off his mortgage and buy something for his grandchildren. Half a mil could have been gone with the wind. What is, what an idiot. I know. You'd You'd think once they had blown out of the car, he would stop putting them in there. You might think so. But no. (laughs) And now this idiot is a half million dollars richer another big-time lottery winner whose name is not Alan Spector. That's the bottom line. That's the problem, isn't it? And finally, a a Chinese woman might still have a sore throat after swallowing an entire spoon. 
She gulped down the five-inch metal spoon while trying to remove a fish bone from her throat at a local festival. Good Lord. <laughs> because, Wait, she shoved the spoon down to get the fish bone out? Yeah, the fish bone stuck in her throat. She, she sticks a, a spoon down there, and the spoon goes down her throat. <laughs> there was an old lady. It was a now, th- yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, now, the thing is, she didn't feel any stomach pain, so she didn't go to the doctors for several days. So she figured, well, I guess the spoon's okay down yeah, there. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah, when she finally went to the hospital, they performed an x-ray and found the spoon had caused some erosion in her intestines. The spoon was then removed in a 10-minute surgery. And believe it or not, she's not the first person in China to be treated for swallowing a spoon. Really? Yeah, well, you know, it's a problem over there. It's like a billion and a half people. You're, you're bound to have a few Gotta spoon a- swallowers <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> oh, boy. You can find more on all of these Crazy. stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com, including pictures and video. <laughs> Just look for Elsewhere with Alan Spector. And it's always great fun, uh, whether you listen to Alan do it in his inimitable style here or you reconnect with the Elsewhere segments on the website. It's a special part of what we do here because it can't all be driving the heavy-duty, hardcore topics of the day, and we hope we, we bring you a kind of a mix here that uh, makes it all a little bit more palatable, and Alan's a huge part of that. The whole team is great. Yaffe, Melissa, I could not be more blessed, and it is great that so many of you are, uh, are, are coming to us in the morning. Interesting, uh, on the uh, Pew Research Center uh, study about uh, Hispanics now being the largest minority voting bloc here, and then we had the chairman of the uh, Seminole County Republican Party uh, come on and, and react to all of that. Uh, a couple of text messages here. Uh, thoughts on the Pew Research numbers. The Republican Party needs better leadership, or better yet, a whole new party willing to fight for the conservative family values, Christian beliefs, and limited governance and freedoms that made our country great in the first place. And then this from an Hispanic listener, and this is a great point. The key is religion and money. We Hispanics are deeply religious, and we will not vote for a party that kills babies. That's the Democrat Party. And we worry about our kids' financial stability. The Republicans. Um, better get to compete in these areas and shed the image of being the party of the rich. You know, I think that's also true of the African-American population as well. A lot of African-Americans are deeply religious, and uh, I don't think they like a lot of the social direction that the Democrat Party's going in. That's an opportunity for Republicans that they should use, but um, they haven't lately. No, but they need to, and the the Pew Research Center study ought to wake them up and perhaps the Hispanics also don't like immigration, uh, the illegals coming in and taking jobs and messing up their neighborhoods as well. Well, they're very resentful having gone through the process legally oh, yes. the way it is to be done of those who are gaming the system, trying to beat the system, and getting into this country in violation of the laws of this nation. Um, we continue by revisiting a couple of hot topics from earlier in the show you may have missed. Big-time uh, ruling by Trump's attorney general related to the border, which is going to make the Democrats nuts. It's all ahead right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlining an important story that broke overnight, a new ruling is being put into effect on immigration cases by Attorney General William Barr. Barr's directive said that asylum seekers who begin in expedited removal proceedings and then move to full removal proceedings should not be released. These are cases where the asylum seeker can't see a judge right away. Before this decision, they were released on bond where they waited for their court date, and a vast majority of them never made the court date, never intended to, and just disappeared 
into our country illegally, where anywhere, depending upon what number you want to believe, between 11 and 22 million reside as we speak in violation of our laws. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. TM Orlando, weekdays 5 till 6 p.m., News Radio 93.1. That ruling by Attorney General Barr is going to make the, the left absolutely apoplectic. The ACLU is already uh, planning to challenge this, um, this in the courts. We'll see how it plays. But that was a big story we talked about earlier in the show. We also were talking about these scheduled walk-ins by teachers across the state of Florida this morning, although in a lot of uh, counties in central Florida there's no evidence that anything happened. Uh, But teachers who are unhappy with the amount of spending by the legislature per pupil in this state, which is near the bottom of the state list, uh, 42nd we are in spending per student, and also 45th or 46th, depending upon what study you look at, in teacher pay, they also wanted, you know, to campaign and to protest and to march for bigger paychecks as the legislature continues to deal with education funding uh, as the session grinds into its final couple of weeks. We know Brevard County, they had a walk-in, um, and, and that's gotten some coverage, but I'm not seeing that here in Central Florida, which is interesting because, you know, it's pretty obvious these problems are, are shared by all teachers, and it's interesting that... Uh, Uh, These walk-ins, while they were supposedly going to happen in 41 of the 67 counties, that's a lot of counties where it wouldn't happen. And um, I would not know why the teachers would not take advantage of this opportunity, Yaffe, but we're not seeing it. Yeah, I, I don't understand that either. You know, when you were gone, Bud, we we talked about a poll where Orange County teachers basically said their biggest issue is not enough pay. So we know it's an issue with them in Orange County, but... um. They didn't participate. There's literally no signs of it. We've checked everywhere, all the sites I can possibly do on the web for our local media, and nothing. There you go. All right. Uh, In a moment, if you want to react to those two stories, we gave you a brief refresher because we spent a lot of time on them earlier in the show. We're here for you at 407-916-5400. Our text line is 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Um, some other things you'll want to hear coming up as we charge toward the 9 o'clock hour. I hope you'll hang with us. It is uh, 848 right now on the 50,000-watt front porch. Well, let's look at headlines for you right now out of the state of Florida, and it's a good one. A Tampa Bay area law enforcement officer getting some national recognition. Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Gualtieri has been named Sheriff of the Year by the National Sheriff's Association. The association says Gualtieri demonstrated exceptional service to the community, and one official praised him as one of the smartest, most dedicated, and honest people he has ever worked with. Of course, Gualtieri also headed the uh, Parkland Commission in the wake of the massacre at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas School in Broward County and did exemplary work there by any measure. Congratulations to you, Sheriff Gualtieri. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories here in Good Morning Orlando. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. And while we're talking law enforcement... We brought you this in detail earlier in the show. We have an update on the story of these patriotic patrol cars that were under fire by the uh, by the lefties out in Laguna Beach, California. The cops decided that they would redo um, their cop cars in terms of the paint job, and the big word police on the side wouldn't just be, you know, white on black or black on white or whatever. 
um, that all of the letters would carry uh, likenesses of the American flag, red and white stripes and uh, blue field and, and white stars and all of that, as though there were a flag in the background. You're kind of looking through a stencil, that sort of thing. And all of a sudden, the city council was getting protests from from people in Laguna Beach who were saying, my goodness, this just, just feels too aggressive. It looks like the SWAT team. Uh, we're really uncomfortable with this. The cop cars look menacing. You know, I mean, the American flag, I don't know. It's kind of like a Trump thing. Uh, uh, I don't I, Our people are not comfortable with this. And it finally went to the city council, and they held a vote last night. And the city council voted four to one to keep the American flag design on the city's police vehicles, you know, and the lefties went away sulking into the night as the rest of the crowd reportedly at the meeting broke in to the national anthem. There you go. The red, white, and blue police cars stay in Laguna Beach. Of all the things to get upset about, that would seem to be very low on the list of priorities. Oh, my goodness. They were, Yaffe, they were just going crazy over this. We talked about it. I mean, um, you know, some of the comments that were being made, you know, you would you would have thought you'd put SWAT stickers all over, you know, the, uh, the, the SS cars or something in Hitler's Germany, for God's sake. It really, when I first saw this story, I was like, is this really a thing? Like, their their explanation too made no sense to me. All it reminds me of a SWAT vehicle. I'm like, mm. I've never seen a SWAT vehicle that oh, has that. Where, no. where are they seeing? This? I don't know about you. I find the American <laughs> flag to be very aggressive, and I just don't want it on my police cars. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah. it's just crazy to me. Yeah. yeah, there were some though who were um, opposed to that artwork because you know it violates the the U.S. flag code. It was it was a Marine in particular it says I I would vote against yeah. this uh, because you know. With the flag is the flag. You don't use the flag as, you know, a piece of clothing. Uh, you don't depict it in part on the side of police cars or whatever. And he's do a you, real purist in that regard. Do you hug it like President Trump does? Well, you know, and that goes all the way back to Rocky. Remember at the end of the, the first time I ever saw the American flag like that, where he wrapped himself in the American flag. Remember at the end of the first Well, movie? I guess if it's good enough for Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> <laughs> gee, case anyway, closed, I guess. Hey, listen, we hope you all have a great day. And on the way home, tune in right here and catch Yaffe's show on the, well, the five to six period tonight. Yeah, we've been covering the the Notre Dame Cathedral fire a lot on the show. Any other breaking news that could happen during the day, local, national, you name it, we'll cover it, and I'll give my take on it all as well. You bet, and traffic and weather as well from 5 until 6. For Alan, for Yaffe, for Melissa, the Budman, thanks for a great show. Have a great day. God bless you, and God bless America. <laughs>